Coming up, I'm going to reveal four questions that you must answer before you decide to quit your job. And then we're going to look at recent surveys that show what are the biggest pain points in the workforce. Let's go. All right, folks, helping you win at work and in life. Because if you're winning at work, you got a great shot at winning at life. But I'm going to tell you, if you're losing at work, it is sucking a whole lot out of your life. Let's go. Some of you need to quit. Some of you want to quit. Some of you have never quit. We're going to talk about quitting. Let's start with uh, some negative psychology around quitting. I'm going to take you back to my driveway when I'm 10 years old. I'm playing a game of one-on-one basketball against uh, my best pal at the time, who was a year older than me. And, folks, I'm still short. If you ever see me at a live event or in person, uh, it's pretty underwhelming. In fact, I get this comment all the time from people. They say, you're a lot shorter than I thought. I guess my 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 personality implies that, that I'm taller, and I'm sitting behind a desk. I got to tell you, I'm 5'9 in shoes. So when I'm 10, I'm probably 4 feet tall. 4 feet 2, maybe? So I'm playing a game of one-on-one basketball against my buddy. He's a year older, and he's probably six inches taller than me, which is a big deal when you're a kid. Well, somewhere deep down in my psyche, I probably knew that it was a long shot that I was going to beat my pal, but I thought I had a chance, and I'm a competitor, and I'm a fighter. And so I'm playing this game, and it took about three minutes of this one-on-one game to realize I was about to be destroyed I was already frustrated. Every shot I took, he blocked. I couldn't get a shot off. I couldn't dribble around him. And as a 10-year-old, I'm I'm about to boil over. Unbeknownst to me, my dad is standing in the front yard about to mow the grass. He's watching this, and he's seeing me boil over. And he knows I'm about to quit. But I don't know that dad's watching and watching my emotion. And here comes his voice out of nowhere. Hey! Winners never quit. Quitters never win. I'd never heard the phrase before in my life. That was the first of what feels like 5,000 times he told me that in my life. But I got what he was saying. He was saying, Coleman's don't quit. Suck it up, buttercup. Take it like a man. He's beating you. Don't quit, right? That's what my dad was saying. And there is a kernel of truth to that, right? In that he was saying, don't quit. Finish the game that you started. But outside of that, which is what he was using that phrase to challenge me with, that phrase is wrong because I've got news for you. Winners do quit. They quit all the time. They quit the right things at the right time. It's not always perfect timing, but they know when to quit. That's what winners, now winners don't like what's associated with quitting because it's 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 a form of losing. You Listen, 
it's not working anymore. Been a good run, or maybe it was a really frustrating effort. We tried, it didn't work, we quit, whatever it is. Quitters can win because winners have figured out when to quit. And so if you're quitting, you should be quitting to something, not quitting from something. That's what I want you to get today. I'm going to walk you through four questions that allow you to always make a really good decision on quitting. But I want you to understand, you should always be quitting something for valid reasons to then move into something else. Not just, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I quit. Now what? That's not what winners do. Winners say, it's time. It's time. And then winners figure out what they're going to do next. And when they figure out that, then they say, I'm out. Here we go. Four questions. Number one, why do I want to quit? That's the first question. Why do I want to quit? I got all these frustrations. I've got thoughts. I've got feelings. And I'm leaning towards quitting. I feel like I should quit. Before we quit, we should first ask, why am I quitting? This is about maturity. This is about clarity. I want to make sure that I'm not in a bad state of emotion that's not based on reality, that's not based on wisdom. So why am I quitting? Let's get absolutely clear that this is, in fact, a legitimate exit. I should exit. I've thought through it. I've looked at it from multiple angles. I'm not acting in emotion. I'm acting with knowledge and wisdom and counsel from others. It is very clear. It is time for me to walk out. Great. So I must first answer the question, why am I quitting? And this does two things. When I have a really good reason for quitting, I am now confident in quitting. If I don't have a good reason for quitting, it is going to hold me back and help me not make a poor decision. So it will rescue me or give me confidence. All right, now, next. Once we've determined, and we're going to walk through this as though we have determined that it is the right thing to quit, okay? So the second question becomes, when should I quit? Now that I know why, and it's absolutely clear I must quit, I now have to go, when should I quit? Now, this is based on a couple of things. Professional opportunities that have financial realities. If my financial reality is one that I have a whole lot of room, I've got a year's worth of pay, I've got a great set, you know, what? if I've got financial independence and stability for a extended amount of time, then the win is kind of just, well, you decide. But if you don't, and most people don't, the win to quit is determined by the next opportunity and the financial reality. That leads to the third question. Okay, so we're looking at win, all right? Okay. And so we, we got to go, well, my win is based on I've got to have the right opportunity because of my financial reality. Now that leads to the third question. Well, then where should I quit to? So now it's all about the where. I'm not quitting until I've got a where. If I need money or I don't want to put myself into a potential financial strain, then I've got to have my where before I determine the win. So that's where to quit. Hey, what have I learned from this quit? 
that will inform my where. I don't want to just quit because it's not great and then quit into something where it just drags up all the old same stuff again. I want to learn from this. I want to be informed. I want to make sure that I'm quitting to something that is better in the short term or certainly going to be better in the long term. Once I've got the where, now I determine the when, excuse me, the how, and the how, the when and the how, pretty simple. I got something to step into, I'm done. Now the how, here's a simple thing. Quit the way you would want someone to quit you. Quit in a way that you want someone to talk about you. No guilt, all class, move on. Why are so many people considering leaving their jobs? Why have millions upon millions upon millions of people left their jobs since 2021? It was known as the Great Resignation. It continued into 2022. We're talking about four plus million people every month. Well, there's a whole lot of reasons why, but I want to focus in on a few things from a recent uh, Pew Research study on how Americans view their jobs. There's so much in this. I don't want to use it all, uh, but I want to focus in on some things that I I see and I hear, and I want to encourage some of you because I want you to feel a sense of community to go, I'm not the only one that feels this, and I shouldn't feel this. I, I, I shouldn't have this because if I can shake you, and and almost reach out here uh, verbally, right, in an audio format and in a video format, and say, "Hey, um, you're not wacky, you're not weird, you're not wrong to feel this, and you shouldn't feel this, and you shouldn't have to keep feeling this." That's what I want from this. I shared some data on the show recently that revealed that. Our leaders at work have more impact on our mental health than our doctors. And, and and when I first read it, I was like, wow. But then I was like, well, that kind of makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I spend more time with my leader than I do my doctor. My leader has more impact on every area of my life than my doctor. I mean, every day. So let's look at let's look at some very critical pieces. I, I'm, I'm again a vast study. I'm pulling some things that I think you need to be aware of because a lot of you are in these numbers. Fifty-two percent of employees say that their employer cares about their well-being a great deal or a fair amount. Okay, so. Uh, you know, when you when you see pieces of data like this, you do have to pay attention to the details. And so they're asking these people, does your employer care about your well-being a great deal or a fair amount? And 52% said, yeah. Now, that's a failing grade. 
Did you ever get a 52 in school? I did. It was always in the area of math and science, and a 52 is not good. 28% say their employer cares some. And one in five say their employer doesn't care much at all. A majority of workers, 55%, say they don't have someone at work who they consider a mentor. So I want to camp here for just a moment. We'll move on to some other pieces of data. This is the underlying issue as to why people are leaving or thinking about leaving their jobs. That's all a piece of data we're going to share it on the show. We're doing show planning today. Another survey's come out that said this year in 2023, over 50% of people are thinking about leaving their jobs. The underlying issue is this. Employees, whether right or wrong, but a, a majority of employees say or just just under a majority. So 48 call it 48% of employees feel like their employer does not care for their well-being. That's a lot of people. The other way of looking at it as I said it's a failing grade. Only 52% think that they're there so there are some good companies out there. That's good news for those of you who don't feel cared for. But there's a lot of work to be done. And then a majority of workers saying they don't have someone at work who they can consider a mentor. Folks, we need that coach, that that mentor relationship to feel like we've got somebody that we can go to and they can guide us when things are tough. So you take that mentor and then the well-being data, you shove it together, and this is the underlying reason why a lot of people leave. Now, you'll see all kinds of data about People don't feel like they're making enough money. People feel overworked. I'm seeing that everywhere. But those issues lead to this response. Because if you don't feel you are being paid fairly, I promise you, you feel like they don't care about you. If you feel overworked, I promise you, you begin to feel as though your employer doesn't care about you. If you aren't getting promoted, you aren't being talked to about promotions, or maybe you're in a competition to get promoted and you keep getting passed over, I promise you, you begin to feel like your employer doesn't care about you. Here's another reason why people leave. They don't feel they have the resources to do their job. I haven't been trained adequately. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough of the resources to do my job. Let me tell you something. If you feel that way, it's not long before you begin to feel like they don't care about you. Now, one of the other things that's going on is that 34% of workers say they receive feedback on how they're doing their job from their manager extremely often. 
34% of American workers are saying, I get feedback on how I'm doing on a regular basis. 39% said they sometimes receive feedback, and 27% say they rarely do. So an overwhelming majority are sometimes or rarely getting feedback. Why is this important? Because you're a human. And inside here is a child that never leaves and never stops wondering, do you notice me? Do you love me? That's a human need that must be met at work. Now, I'm not being literal here when I say your boss needs to walk around saying, I love you. That's weird, and you'll get you a lawsuit and you get fired. What I'm saying is that little child says, do you notice me? Do you care about me? And this is back to the well-being. I am blessed to have a to two boys and a girl. The way that the boys manifest that is different than a girl. But again, make no mistake about it. All of us adults are saying, do you notice me? Do you value me? And so when you don't get feedback, guess what that begins to do? You're not seeing my work. You're not noticing me. And then you start to wonder, am I making a difference? Am I doing a good job? They don't notice me. They don't see me. They don't give me feedback. Where do I stand? Oh, man. This is the stuff that can absolutely begin to crush you mentally and emotionally. Just those findings right there. We want to belong to something. We want to feel as though we've made a great difference. And here's the deal. Even if it's just a J-O-B. For some of you right now, you're going, you know, it is a, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel this way about work. No, no, no. Listen, this is about who you are as a human being. Life is too short for you to go to a place of work and be depleted and diminished. If you're feeling that way, you need to come to my breakthrough event. Go to KenColeman.com slash events. Check it out. You need to be free from this, and I can help. Hey, I'm always telling you folks that I'm here to get you unstuck, and I want to make sure you're aware of two things that... uh, that uh, we are offering that I'm very, very excited about that I think will help you, your friends and family get unstuck. Um, For those of you that are feeling overworked and underpaid, can't quite get that promotion, you got an idea that you're thinking about, you want to launch, but scared to launch it, uh, dealing with some imposter syndrome. In other words, uh, you're just not where you want to be professionally and financially, and this affects you personally. Uh, My new event is called Breakthrough, and uh, this is an event for you because I'm going to walk you through the formula for how to get the confidence to move out of any one of those negative emotions, take control of your life financially, professionally, 
and personally to live free. It's called Breakthrough. And the next one is coming up on May the 16th in Chicago, May 18th, Atlanta, May 23rd, Dallas, Texas. If you want to get your tickets, all the details, we got some great goodies with your ticket purchase. I'm going to be taking live Q&A like we would here on the show. So go check it out, kencoleman.com slash events. And then for those of you who are looking for, you need some, I need, Ken, I I just need some, I need some ideas. I, I need clarity and direction. Um, and, and, and boy, I need it fast. The Get Clear Assessment, a 20-minute assessment that will measure talent, what you do best, passion, work you really look forward to and love to do, and then mission, in other words, what motivates you, results that you want to create that motivate you to get out of bed and get excited, gives all you that information in a detailed report and then puts your key answers, your top answers into a purpose statement that becomes your dream job description that is absolutely doable. You can get that at kencoleman.com slash assessments. That's only $30. All right, let's go to Matt, who's joining us in Youngstown, Ohio. Matt, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, Ken. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. How can I help? Great. Um, so I'm in my early 40s, um, married with two adolescent kids, no debt, baby step seven. Um, I've been a licensed engineer for about 15 years. I got a master's degree in it. Put in a lot of work and effort to get here, and my wife's endured the journey with me, always supported me, and we kind of built all this together. It's been a lot of work. Um, so I honestly don't have many complaints about engineering, um, but I think I have an itch to become a plastic surgeon. No kidding. I, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's behind that itch? Well, I've followed that world um, for quite a few years and I have an interest in aesthetic reconstruction, um, helping people achieve and restore their desired look. It's a lot of schooling and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. You have to how much, save up money t- how much time and how much money? And just poking around the web, um, I'd have to um, go through med school. That's about four years. There's about six years of residency, I think. Um, money could be on the order of two or 300000 I think. <laughs> See, okay, I want to stop you there. This is not something that you can you can think about or call me and talk about if you're not absolutely sure what the money is. Like, you you got to know, man. Because yeah. you got to have a specific target, and I, you know, I, I, and I, and I wonder, you know, like, are you looking at numbers from like your standard medical schools, your high end medical schools? Is there much difference? I mean, I'm asking this un, unintelligently, but it's kind of the question you need to be asking. You know, what what's the difference between um, Harvard Med School and you know uh, Youngstown State Medical School? What's the difference? Right. That's Do you a good know? Question. I haven't dug that deep. I guess at this stage of the process, I'm doing soul searching to see if this is too crazy to even think about. Well, okay, I get it. Let me address that. Well, I'm attempting to address it by look, you've got to figure out what, how much time and money it's going to take. Then, to, then you determine if it's crazy. I yeah. don't think it's crazy on the surface because it sounds like something you've wanted to do for a long time. So if the time and money weren't an issue, would you would you would you have any doubts at all? Oh. <laughs> huh? I don't think so. Well, you need to know so. 
I would dive in, yeah. Okay. So, it's not crazy. It's really hard, and it's probably complex due to the fact that you're 43 and you're married with two kids. So, we've got a certain amount of money we got to make, all while we are getting the uh, med school degree, and then the six years of residence, what kind of money you're making then? Uh, it's 60, 70,000 a year, I think. Can you live off of 60 to 70,000 a year in Youngstown, Ohio? Well, we have my wife's income too. We would probably be okay. Great. All right. So we just covered that. So once we get to residency, we would be okay, even at the 60 to 70 year, because after the six years of residency, what does your income jump to? Or could it? Plastic, yeah, plastic surgeons could make around uh, 300,000. All right. So, if we start today, that's got you at 49 or 50, making really good money doing what you think that you really want to do. Yeah. All right, so we've we've talked about time only right now, and we've talked about income. What we've not talked about is the expense. So, you got to get an idea what what it's going to cost. And I will tell you, I don't think anybody cares where you went to school. So right. I would be going to the the most inexpensive med school there is. That's what I would do. Right. Okay. And, and how about, uh, you know, bringing my family along with this journey? It just seems crazy. Well, again, what, what makes it crazy? What makes it not crazy? If we have to um, move somewhere to be closer to a school, um, well, as long as your like wife, is, as long as your wife is working, and you guys can cut your expenses to where it's not causing stress for the family, it's not crazy. How old are the kids? Sixteen and eleven. I mean, this is going to be harder on the sixteen-year-old than the eleven-year-old, right? Make, making a move, but they'll be fine. Right. Okay. You know, here's the other thing. Uh. Are you ready to get into med school right now? How long would that take to actually get to the point where you would get in? You have to go through some biology courses, so there would probably be a couple years at my local uh, college. All right, so now we add some more time onto this. So now we're not 50. We may be 51, 52, right? Yeah. Okay, but that takes care of the 16-year-old. So the 16-year-old finishes high school. You're doing all your local stuff. Hopefully you're busting it, working two, three jobs, saving up some money. How are you going to pay for med school? We, we'd have to save the cash. I don't do that. <laughs> At a boy. So, you know, now we're talking maybe you're 55. But if you're 55 and you're making 300000 plus and you're doing work you love, feels okay to me. You might yeah. be able to do plastic surgery for 15 years. If you could only do it for 10, would it be worth it? If we didn't pay, if we didn't have any debt, and we got there at 55, and I started making $300,000 or more as a plastic surgeon, and I could do that for 10 years, would it be worth it, what we just described? I, I would say it's worth it. Then there's your answer, my friend. It's not crazy. It's going to be hard. It is going to be complex. It is not crazy. Yeah, very now, good. Here's what we didn't discuss. If your wife is on board, fantastic. If she's not, 
everything gets paused until that gets figured out. Because that I agree that will be brutally difficult, and I would not do it if my wife was not on board with all of this. The kids, it's not their call. You know, right. So I think we walked through everything. I, I all to say the reason I did this is because I I do appreciate and I'm very sensitive to the fact that this is not an easy decision. This is big. And but yet what I wanted to do is walk through all your fear and doubt from a very practical standpoint because your fears and doubts are all related to everything we walk through. So instead of you asking me what they are, I wanted to walk through the whole journey. And the thing is, it's not crazy, man. I think you can do it. I think you should do it. More people should do this. It's worth it. 55, doing what you love, making a bunch of money. Get it, baby. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.